Hi, everyone. I am Brittany. I'm Lauren. And we are the Whining Witches. Welcome to our podcast where we uh, discuss different subjects on, in the witchcraft and pagan communities. We think that we have um, different perspectives and opinions compared to what we've encountered um, a lot in different communities. And so we would like to share them with you. Yeah. So a little bit about us. I, again, am Brittany and I am actually an aerospace engineer. I've been in the STEM community. I've been in the STEM community for a while and uh, it's really I think it gives me a different perspective on the witching community and uh, witchcraft as a practice. And I guess I will plug my favorite brewery, which is Martin House. If you are in uh, DFW, make sure you go check them out. Um, once again, my name is Lauren. I'm currently completing my master's degree um, in art. I would consider myself a multidisciplinary artist. Um, I'm also heavily neurodivergent, um, which definitely affects my practice and what I involve myself in and my commitments. Um, Martin House is also one of my favorite breweries, <laughs> um, so definitely have to plug them and maybe they'll sponsor us one day. <laughs> so, um, Lauren, what is your uh, relationship with religion? Um, so I actually have a really long and kind of complicated relationship with religion. I was raised Southern Baptist um, before transitioning into deism um, and then eventually transferring into atheism <laughs> before Wiccan, before now pagan. So that is a wild journey, <laughs> but I guess for those of the audience that's listening, explain what deism is. So deism is a form of Christianity that was practiced by the founding fathers of the United <laughs> States. Um, there's some key different perspectives compared to regular Christianity. They don't believe in miracles and they don't believe that God is involved in the everyday actions of humanity. Okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I think I relate a lot to the athe atheism side yeah. of things because uh, I think as a kid, I sort of considered myself an atheist. Um, I guess in reality, people considered me an atheist. I don't like to uh, really label a lot of the things that I feel about myself, but uh, I guess now as I've gotten older, it is more uh, agnostic. Yeah. So uh, I don't think that there's necessarily nothing. I just don't think there is the proof we need to make that final decision. Yeah. So um, my relationship with religion is really based around that. I've gone to church a lot. I used to go to church with my grandma like every summer. And really the only part of church I ever enjoyed and still enjoy to this day is the music. I was <laughs> Well, the food is good, especially down south because yeah. we lived in Florida. So, like, yeah, the food and uh, as a tourist, definitely the food, but really the music, like, while I was there. But um, because I don't have a set relationship with religion, I oftentimes will go to other yeah. practices a lot. So I've gone to, um, I grew up in Philly, so I grew up around a lot of Italians. So I've been to Mass. I've also been to mass with my uh, Trinidadian friends, which is a little Ooh. different. So I really enjoy um, kind of almost being a spectator, yeah. but I don't want to be involved, involved. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely have a long um, history and love of like world mythology and religions. 
And anytime I travel, I definitely like to go to the churches Mm -hmm. and like the religious um, spaces that different cultures exist. Um, Because I do think magic exists there. For sure. I think there's a bigger intersect between magic and religion than people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially within the religious communities are willing to admit. So you said that you went through a phase of going through Wicca and all of that. So how what actually got you into witchcraft? Um, so I did start out uh, labeling myself as Wiccan, specifically when I left a relationship and I was going through the process of like rediscovering myself, um, trying to be the most authentic me. And mm-hmm. I did really love a lot of the concepts. They made sense to me. They explained a lot of things about what I experienced in childhood, mm-hmm. um, which I know you have a similar kind of yeah. uh, <laughs> experience. And then really, um, and I'll kind of tip my hat to like the neurodivergence in me. Mm-hmm. It was so difficult for me to keep up with. Was like it? the commitments and the Sabbaths and the new moon and the full moon and just everything. Yeah. Um, I was like, really falling behind, which then made me feel bad. And you not, felt guilty. Yeah, which is not committed enough. Of being like in a religion. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. And so I slowly kind of transitioned out of that, um, recognizing that my practice is my practice mm-hmm. um, and really just kind of loosened the term to pagan. Yeah. And so just to recap on that, you just consider yourself a general pagan. You yeah. don't really subscribe to anything specific so I guess for me um I got into witchcraft because of you (laughs) um I think that I've always had an interest in it I've always been involved in like alternative things ever since I was a kid and but my sciencey brain could not rationalize that yeah so it wasn't until like oh my gosh um until like 20 it was like knowing you for like six years before yeah. I was just like, okay, can you just sit me down and talk to me about this? <laughs> I literally brought like a stack of books to our house. <laughs> I was like, yes, here I am. Yes. So we came, we uh, got back together, actually did like research and she showed me some books and stuff, but a lot of it was spurred because of the loss of my cousin, which was very, um, very traumatic and very sudden. It was very unexpected. He wasn't sick or anything. So I just needed um ways to bring like self-care and like balance back into my life and it started with diving through the rabbit hole of like yoga and like meditation and then suddenly like these uh subjects of witchcraft that can help you do that I'm like "Mm, okay Uh, I'll just ask Lauren about it and a lot of it really made sense and I felt like that was really the hole that I was looking for. But again, my sciencey brain just wouldn't let me do that. But after like practicing for a while, I realized that like witchcraft is really just the opposite face of the same coin as science. So it's just like, there's a saying that um, magic is just science we haven't discovered yet. So that's how I navigate my practice a lot. And I know that you being an artist, how do you feel about that? Like the relationship between science and witchcraft? Um, So I've always considered myself a very intuitive person. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think especially in like American culture, that's a really dangerous word, Mm -hmm. Um, especially as like a woman. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, and so it really just explained things to me. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons why I left organized religion was because nobody could answer my questions. Yeah. yeah. And, or I was just I relate told, a lot to that. Yeah. I was just told, no, mm-hmm. you know, don't think about that. Don't right. ask that question. Um, and I do love science and I love the earth. And I think there's so much that we don't know mm-hmm. that having a space that was like, no, like there's this energy that, you know, moves these actions forward. Yeah. Um, which is very Newton. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and so I, I definitely think they go hand in hand. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. And I know you, you mentioned the earth a lot, and I know yeah. that's sort of why you were getting into Wicca as yeah. well. So um how do you, or if you do, how do you label your craft? Um, what do you mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> so, um, you know, a lot of people will consider themselves green witches oh, or goodness. like kitchen witches. Do you do that? I don't. Because oh. <laughs> I'm just, um, I'm a really lazy witch. Yeah. Like, um, I do think, like, I'm not a person who cooks a lot, mm-hmm. but I know a lot of people who do. Yeah. Um, and especially in the South you know, we always say you can taste love yeah. in your cooking. Love and is so, like an ingredient. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's very kitchen witch to me. It is. Um, and love green witches. Um, you know, I've met people who call themselves storm witches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really don't label myself. Yeah. Um, and just let. You just practice how you Yeah, just practice. like go where it goes. Do yeah. You, do you label yourself? I don't, <laughs> but you know, so coming into witchcraft when it became extremely yeah. popular in social media, there is this pressure to label yourself. And as a new witch, uh, people will always ask you, well, what kind of witch are you? Yeah. And it's, it's like asking like, what kind of person are you? Yeah. How do you answer that? Right. And I already mentioned earlier that I don't like to label myself. Yeah. So I don't, but um, I always tell people that they, other people usually describe me as like a green witch or probably eclectic. Okay. Ecle- yeah, yeah. Eclectic. So, yeah. cause uh, you know, I usually show people my plants yeah. and like my little garden. Yeah. So um, people tend to label me, but I don't necessarily, yeah. and, I don't. <laughs> and I, the label of eclectic is so interesting to it me is. because it's like you had to label something that is not isn't, labeled. isn't anything like okay you're like everything yeah so you put a label on everything yeah yeah so um so uh we've been using like witch pagan wiccan yeah. uh let's discuss the differences okay. so i will let you describe i'll let you start okay um so i'll start with wiccan um and i did not verify my dates before i said this so this is purely based <laughs> off of memory Um, So Wiccan is inspired by the historical traditions of ancient cultures. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times, specifically as a white person, um, you're talking, you know, ancient people from England, Germany, uh, the Celts, Mm -hmm. like Northern European. Yeah, like Northern European Mm -hmm. cultures. Um, It was kind of made official um, by old dude. (laughs) <laughs> she means Gerald Gardner. <laughs> yeah, um, I think in the 60s. Um, and it became more of like an organized religion. Yeah. Um, they do practice the Sabbaths, which are dedicated holidays, mostly based around the changing of seasons, mm-hmm. um, which I do enjoy. Um, 
and then you have the idea of like a coven mm -hmm. um, being sworn into a coven. And then I know probably within the 90s um, up until now, there is this resurgence of um, solitary practitioners yeah. within Wicca or Wicca, um, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. And I think people don't realize that there are actually different, I guess I'll call them sects. Yeah. There yeah, are yeah. different sects of Wicca. Yeah. So like there's, I think it's, I, I might butcher the pronunciation, but like Girardian or Guardian, 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 gardenarian. Gardening. Gardenarian, yeah, I said gardening. gardenarian yeah. uh, Wiccan is actually somewhat of a closed practice. Yes. You have to be initiated, yeah. go through the process, and then you sort of graduate into it. Yeah. I'm using the wrong terms yeah. because I don't follow this, but you get what yeah. I'm saying. Um, and then, yeah, you kind of have this uh, newer age yeah. Wicca that introduces these solitary practices and yeah. stuff like that. But did you know, fun fact I learned recently about Wicca is that there is actually a lot of debate whether Wicca is really based off of ancient practices oh, or Oh, man, not. yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> we could do a whole yeah, episode on that, a, so we will. <laughs> that's a whole controversy. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have Wicca. How, how do you describe paganism? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> so based off of being an artist... <laughs> This, uh, what I'm about to articulate is very much based off of my study of art history. Mm -hmm. um, so I really consider a pagan anyone who practices an idea of religion outside of the three major religions. Yeah. Um, and I'll include like Sikhs and Buddha in that too. So mm -hmm. um, outside of Sikh, Buddhism, um, Islam, Judaism, or Christianity. Okay. Um, I think as far as like defining it, mm -hmm. it would be kind of anything outside of that. Yeah. Because I... even like people in Mexico or Latin mm -hmm. America who practice their traditional religions, mm -hmm. you could argue that they are pagans. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that as well, because there are specific pagan practices that yeah. are, mm, I will say, to the point of standard. Yeah. Um, I know, like, for instance, there's North, Norse pagan, yeah. not North. <laughs> um, and mm -hmm. there are specific things as a Norse pagan that you do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think in general, I also would just categorize yeah. it as sort of the umbrella term of everything outside of those other religions. Yeah. And I think you could also argue that it's based off of your mm -hmm. historical context within your family and yeah. your culture. Um, so everyone kind of practices a bit different depending on, you know, the traditions of your family right. and the opinions of your family. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think also to uh, region can play a role, yeah. um, especially you enjoy the changing of the seasons, yeah. but live in Texas. Yeah, so you have awful. the changing of two seasons, <laughs> two seasons where I have the changing of four seasons. Yeah. I get one week of spring. Yeah. One week. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you have a week to celebrate spring. Yeah. I have like three months. Yeah. So. Best week of my life. <laughs> right. And that can really shape, especially if your family, your family is from here, that really yeah. shapes how you interact with the different yeah. seasons. So you might not have the relationship with spring or winter that someone else yeah. does. Yeah. Um, and then we have witchcraft, yeah. which I feel I'll like let you, I'll let you uh, define <laughs> that one. So uh, I feel like witchcraft tends to just be lumped into one or both of the other two. Yeah. Um, you can be pagan and a witch. You yeah. can be Wiccan and a witch, but you don't have to be either or yeah. to be a witch. Yeah. And I think that a lot of, especially a lot of people who are just coming into uh 
into the practice with the air, the rise of social media and stuff, don't realize that. Yeah. So that's where like the pressures of labeling yourself yeah. come in. Um, but witchcraft is just the practice, yeah. you know, and you can practice things, how you're going to practice things. There really are no rules. And I think that's really hard for people coming from organized religion yes. to rationalize. Yeah. And I'm sure you relate a lot to that yeah. and being a recovering Baptist. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's also part of what I was able to really enjoy about witchcraft. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel like the pressures of having to devote myself to anyone or anything. And if something no longer serves me, I can just, you know, as I evolve, I can, my practice can evolve. Yeah. Um, and I will state the opinion that I absolutely <laughs> think uh, Christian witches exist. Oh, for sure. Jewish witches, um, you know, people who practice mm -hmm. Catholicism. And like, yep. I feel like a lot of times those voices are removed from online communities, mm -hmm. almost like they're practicing like heresy. Yeah. And it's like, no, like there are spaces for those people as well yeah it's yeah. uh definitely an interesting topic yeah. we'll discuss that in more detail later but i actually had that happen today somebody in one of the chats that i'm in was like hey you know i've been really called to uh practice witchcraft again but i am in the middle of studying like islam and she's like I, i've converted to, to this religion yeah. how do i rationalize that yeah. i'm like you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Live your best life. Yeah. And yeah. I think people don't realize like a lot of religions have this innate disdain or yeah. fear of witchcraft. Yeah. So you're also internalizing yeah. that. So you have to uh, basically unpack that and allow yourself yeah. to work through that. Yeah. And that uh, that fear is based off of manipulated history. Oh, for sure. Uh, which we'll, we'll talk about. Yeah. Later. <laughs> we, that is uh, an episode in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> so um, another thing that we'll talk about is defining spells versus, yeah. versus rituals, because I feel like these are going to be topics we throw out a lot. Yes. So I just want to make sure that we're all at least understanding from our perspective yeah. what we mean when we say yeah. that. So. Um, how do you define spells and rituals? Um, so a spell to me is a singular act um, mm -hmm. to where in exchange for energy or an object or a action that you're requesting a specific response. Yeah. Um, so I give up, you know, this idea or this pain in exchange for, you know, peace or being able to breathe or, yeah. you know, like the, it's a specific exchange that happens once and it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ritual, I think very much applies to religion much larger and is a continuous act or something that you do often mm -hmm. to create a specific space or headspace. Right. Um, it's almost like setting the mood. Yeah. You know, people drink their cup of coffee every morning to mm -hmm. start their day. Right. That's that's a ritual. Um, you know, in Catholicism, when they walk down the aisle. And With the swinging. The, yeah. <laughs> Not Catholics. <laughs> that was one of yeah, my favorite yeah, parts yeah, in yeah. that, honestly. Um, I should or, have known I was a witch a lot sooner. <laughs> yeah. You know, or breaking the bread, drinking the wine, and, mm -hmm. you know, Jesus. Those are all rituals. Yeah. 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 I, I, I agree with that. And yeah. I think also to caveat about spells is. They're one and done, but obviously you can redo them. We're not saying that you should never redo a spell yeah. again. So if you do like a protection spell, it's not that you can't do it again. It's yeah. just 
this there's a start and finish and yeah. then you get a goal whereas like a ritual is usually just a reoccurring yeah. thing that you do for yourself or for your space yeah and spells don't have to finish instantly either right i think a lot of people will think that yeah <laughs> yeah you know i know some um witches do have very lengthy spells mm -hmm. especially when you're talking about banishing or cutting the cord for or sure something like that and I think that, like, I mean, seven day candles exist. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah. I, like, when I did my money bowl spell, like, yeah. I consider that a spell that I did, but yeah. I burnt that candle for seven yeah, days. Yeah. So it's not like, okay, I spent an hour yeah. doing this and yeah. I'm done. Yeah. And then also, that actually touches on a good point that people don't realize that <laughs> just because you finish the spell does not mean it's going to work yeah. immediately. Yeah. Uh, I think there are certain things that you do that do start to work immediately, yeah. like I think protection spells, cleansing, those things. But if you're wanting a more, I would say, intricate response, it will take a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just, and um, there's like a level of impatience that people have. Yeah. I don't do long spells. So, well, even if it's like a short spell, you know, yeah. if it's just like, if you do like a quick little money spell yeah. and make a little money jar and people are like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to get a million dollars. I know that's, that's not how it works. Yeah. So with that, I will say also, I think a lot of new witches struggle with this mm -hmm. spells have to be reasonable. Yes. You can't ask the universe for a million dollars. Like right. you're not going to get a million dollars. Um, you know, if you've ended a relationship and that per the other person has really moved on, mm -hmm. they're not going to come back to you. Right. And, and it's not the universe's response or responsibility to provide that for you. Right, either. right. So. That's actually a good point. And I feel like maybe we should talk about this in depth later <laughs> is the ethics of spell work. Yeah. Um, because it's a huge debate. Yeah, it it, is. And I know the two big ones, I'm sure there are more, but the two big ones are um, Baneful Magic yeah. and Love Spells. Yeah. And I have okay. opinions on both. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah. that's uh, that's that on Spells and Rituals. Yeah. And let's talk about our last topic, Ooh. which are altars. Yeah. So um, for those of you who don't know, altars are just a sacred space that a witch will set up or a pagan or a Wiccan will set yeah. up. Um, and it's just their space to do whatever. And so there are different types of altars. Yeah. You can dedicate it to a deity that it could be a working altar. Yeah. It could just be like, um, like a meditation space. So what's your altar? Um, so my altar, um, so in the, like specifically coming from Wicca, a lot of people have the idea that you can't share your oh. altar or that it should be hidden. Yeah. Um, the hidden part. I yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, that's a debatable topic. Um, so it took Highly me, debated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it took me a long time to kind of, uh, figure out what worked best for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but mine is specifically in, uh, a section of my room that is mostly inhabited by me and my cats. <laughs> um, it's on the top of a bookshelf. I do have um, kind of the traditional Wiccan layout. I have, um, you know, the bells, the candlestick holders, mm -hmm. um, the shell. Um, and then I have a ton of like crystals and rocks mm -hmm. and other things that I've collected mm -hmm. that go mm -hmm. into my practice. Um, but anybody who walks into the room, it is visible. They might not immediately know what it is, mm -hmm. but it is closed off, so to speak, from public view. Right. So you don't share your altar on social media or like to other people. 
Uh, I have shared parts of it. So mm -hmm. specifically, there was one time that I overburned my sage. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, my smoke detector was going off. And I did <laughs> share a picture of like the fire I yeah. basically started. Um, but for the most part, no, I don't post pictures of it on social media. Is it just because of your relationship with social media? Or do you just feel like it's a little taboo to do? I don't think it's taboo, but it's such a private space for me. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that I use it, it really is a place for me to ground myself mm -hmm. and pray and think and connect. Yeah. And that's just not something that I believe strangers should have access to. Yeah. And, you know, I totally agree with that. If that's sort of like what you are setting as your safe space, yeah. then why show it with the world yeah. and see, I'm a little different. My altar is a working altar. Yeah. And um, so that means my altar changes a lot based off of what I'm doing. Um, when And it also depends on, I move a lot. So it depends on the space that I'm in. Yeah. So uh, while sometimes it can look fairly traditional, like I had a bell and crystals and stuff on it at one point, when I'm working, I have to move all that stuff yeah. and then I have my workings on it. Yeah. Um, so more recently after I moved, I downsized, I didn't have the space for a huge layout. Yeah. I actually got a modular altar. So oh, that's cool. it's... Um, it's like a little uh, cart mm -hmm. and it's a wooden cart and then it has uh, leaves that will fold up and down. Okay, So this is different than the one I saw. Y maybe. Okay. Did you see the one in my closet? No. Oh yeah. Then okay. it's different. Okay. Uh -huh. okay. So uh, I haven't shown many pictures on social media because I'm usually working on it yeah. a lot, a lot more than I was when I was just starting. So, but basically it just has these little wings that fold out and then there's a removable tray on top. It's, okay. The tray itself is really what I consider it to be the altar. Interesting. Yeah. Even though there's the whole thing. Yeah. So um, anytime I'm doing things for like my shop or whatever and I need the wings, I'll move the tray, put it off to the side and I'll work on it. Although inside I still have yeah. all my like, er I have some herbs, um, oils, yeah. candles. That's where I store all the stuff I need for my workings. So it is always different. <laughs> yeah. And mine stays pretty much the same. I mm -hmm. do sometimes go back and clean up yeah. <laughs> eventually. Uh, yeah. Um, but so sometimes I'll rearrange things because um, I do have a few statues and stuff that mm -hmm. I've inherited that I keep on there. Yeah. But for the most part, it's still kind of a basic mm -hmm. layout. Yeah. I realize since I use mine a lot, yeah. I tend to have a lot of things on hand that I use regularly. Yeah. It's kind of like almost having the spices you use normally in the front of your yeah. pantry. That's how my altar is. So right now on my tray, I have one decorative thing because I don't have the space to add a lot of decorative yeah. things. And then I have my Florida water, I have some salt. Um, and then more recently, like the different herbs that I was recently using. And then I have like a, <laughs> so it's like trayception. I have another little tray on it uh, because that way I can peel up any candle wax that gets, <laughs> that gets on it. So um, yeah, and I usually don't mind showing my altar yeah. as long as I don't have workings on it, which is why I haven't shown it recently. Um, but what's your opinion in general? Do you have like, it doesn't sound like you do, but do you have like hard set, uh, opinions on people showing their altar or not? I think it's really whatever works best for that person. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone's in a position in their life to where they are, like, 
because I know a lot of times in like roommate situations, mm-hmm. both of them may end up being witches right. or practicing witchcraft. Um, and in those cases, it makes sense to me right. to share your altar in your space with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I really just think it's whatever works best for yeah. that person. And then also, you know, there are organized religions who also have similar. That's very true. Uh, you know, just kind like of going setups. back to the churches. Yeah. You see the altars, yeah. you see people lighting candles. Yeah. Or at um, certain metaphysical shops who do have public altars, mm-hmm. you know, those are experienced by every person. Who comes yeah. In. Yeah. And so. I think, I think creating, again, having these hard set rules that people will yeah. say on social media is just, I feel, um, an offset of having experienced those rules and religions yes where you're just i think there's an innate um need to set up rules yeah but i think also they don't realize that it stems from a lot of times historically people had to hide this yeah colonization patriarchy right you know persecution exactly like i know specifically in hoodoo and hoodoo exists because of that yeah um so they're those issues don't exist anymore yeah you know i mean they exist but not on such a oh, grand yeah, yeah. scale nobody's We're not... breaking into your house like oh right you know, you're like, not i mean some places not. <laughs> yeah i do know that there are some countries that are still very yes bad but yeah. just uh in general like to overgeneralize, yeah. it's not like it was back in the day yeah. and you had to hide your altar and that actually i'm curious about your opinion on this um do you think people should show others their book of shadows um, so compared to your book of shadows, um, mine is severely lacking. <laughs> well, um, there's no, I haven't written in it in probably over a year. There's it's no fine. rule for book of shadows. Yeah. You work in it as you need to yeah. work in it. <laughs> and so the way I use mine is specifically for memories when I'm studying. Mm-hmm. Um, if I do like a tarot spread and it's like a really deep, important topic, I'll mm-hmm. write it out. So those things I probably wouldn't show a normal person. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, they probably wouldn't make sense right. to a normal person just because of the way I work. Mm-hmm. But with yours and because of the work that I know you put in it and its mm-hmm. connection to your practice, it makes sense to me that you would show somebody yours. Yeah. Um, so it really just is how you work and what's best for you. Yeah. But I know a lot of people won't. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's a huge debate, too. And yeah. people will <laughs> like fight to the yeah. death about their opinion on this um i'm the same i think that if someone has something that's more of a personal journal there's probably no reason to show it um i also know people tend to use the uh word grimoire and book of shadows interchangeably if your book is more of a grimoire that's widely accepted information anyway so go ahead and show it off but i know for me i have like different levels of things in my yep. book of shadows so some are things that i've created myself um and i wouldn't share with people yep. but then there are things that are more or less just small tweaks of really commonly accepted spells yep. so i've shared like my um charming spell with people but <laughs> there's certain like rituals in there that i just blank out so yep. people can't see but the overall process is still and yep. they can see the page and all of that it's also interesting because it is such like a controversial opinion. Yes. But there's so many covens that publish their book of shadows. Yeah. Like, I think I have two books that has the book of shadows of a different coven in it. Yeah. So um, it is interesting that it's. I think it boils down to uh, how you practice and how you interact with people in your yeah. practice. So 
I think, you know, because my practice started off as a self-care yeah. or like self-improvement kind of thing, why wouldn't I share yeah. that with people? Yeah. Um, there are things that I want to self-care or self-improve on that yeah. I may not share with people. But as a whole, <laughs> like if I create a really great ritual bath or something, oh, I'm yeah. like, this could help a lot of people. Yeah. Why wouldn't I share it? Yeah. You know? So I think there's also that taboo, again, from like times where you yeah. could not share these things, you could be persecuted for it, and people don't realize they're just perpetuating yeah. a, an old issue that no longer exists. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. all right. Well, that was all of our topics. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? I don't know. I think that's, I think that's it. Okay. Unless well, if you want to keep going. <laughs> no, yeah. I know we could talk forever. I but know we really could. <laughs> we actually are at the 30 minute mark. Oh, okay. So we're like, Yay. we're good to go. And so our next topic is going to be about labels. So we're going to dive a little deeper into our opinion on yes. labels. I have a lot of them that I, I did not, uh, I didn't give away yet, hopefully. Um, so yeah, you can join us for the live stream on uh, Patreon, or you can watch the recap on YouTube, or you can listen to us on anywhere where you listen to podcasts. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we will catch you on the flip side. Yeah, thank Bye. you.